Thanks for joining us for Mississippi Prospects, a podcast focused on economic and community development in our state. Hosted by Jeff Friend and brought to you by the Mississippi Economic Development Council. There's a common saying in economic development that community development precedes economic development. In other words, you can't have economic development occur unless the community is successful. Our next guest, however, makes a very strong case that community development is economic development. John Maynard is the president and CEO of the Oxford Lafayette County Economic Development Foundation. It's a public-private partnership. Now, its mission is to lead in creating opportunities for responsible economic investments and to raise per capita income for all citizens of Lafayette County. In addition to his economic development duties, John also serves as president and CEO of the Oxford Lafayette County Chamber of Commerce. John has more than 20 years' experience in economic and community development, and he has worked in local, regional, and even super-regional organizations, a graduate of Northwestern State University and the University of Oklahoma's Economic Development Institute. John Maynard, thanks a lot for joining us. Thank you, Jeff. I'm really happy to be here. So let's start off with that statement. And uh, you and I have talked about this before. We hear it a lot in uh, economic development circles. Community development precedes economic development. But in the course of our conversation, you said community development is economic development. Well, let me sort of back up to where I came to that with that philosophy. Okay. Uh, in my time as a volunteer uh, in a chamber of commerce before I got into professional economic development, when I discovered that they actually pay people to do this stuff, which was shocking, I, I, I was really working very hard to change my community, to make it a better community because I was a, I owned a business there. I was very involved in what was going on. And when I got into professional economic development, I realized, hey, I can do this on a more, much more proactive and professional basis. What I learned along the way, though, as a professional was that uh, we sort of lost sight of some of that uh, community development. We separated it from economic development. And economic development has sort of been more considered the, the big things, the big fish, the, the whales of, the, of going out and getting those projects. And uh, community development has somehow been pushed back, and, and you know, chambers do community development, community development organizations do community development, economic developers don't do community development. But the way I started looking at it was, if we're not doing community development, we're really not developing our economy. Our economy doesn't follow on. So there are two sort of philosophies, as I see it, in economic development. There's the top-down philosophy, and that is go out and bring in a big factory and put it in place and all the economy will follow. And that's our traditional model of economic development. We've been doing that for, I don't know, 100 years or so, and probably a whole lot more than that. Uh, but the other philosophy, which I, I think I prescribe to you a little bit more, is the bottom-up philosophy. It's the idea that we can create this wonderful community and people will start to come around and start to congregate. Those people will bring the jobs and the economy will follow on from the people that come in. So, you know, if, you, if, if the top-down philosophy is uh, considered whale hunting, I would consider the bottom-up philosophy more like tropical fish. And so uh, when, I, when I got to uh, Oxford, Mississippi, I started thinking, is Oxford truly successful? Or is it just smoke and mirrors? Is it something that, uh, that it just feels successful? So I began analyzing the numbers. And I started looking uh, at every county, going back to 1990, looking at a 26-year, now 27-year spread uh, of the, all the economic indicators from population, average wage, you name it. So as I started looking at the uh, the economy, and we have uh, you know the, this spreadsheet with with county populations and average annual wage and number of jobs, total jobs, manufacturing jobs, you name it, the, the entire gamut of things I wanted to look at from uh, publicly publicly available sources, uh, I started realizing that yes, Oxford's success is real. Oxford is doing some great things. 
So I'm now here in Oxford. It's my job to run this organization and figure out what to do. What's, what, what has Oxford, Oxford been doing to be able to get to where we are? And what I discovered was that we've been focused on people-based economic development, that tropical fish model, for almost 30 years, actually a little over 30 years. And what you find is that uh, we have created a, a community there that is genuinely proud of where they are, uh, proud of what they do, and the economy is following on because people want to show up. When the Economic Development Foundation was put together in 1992, the first program that they put out there wasn't go out and find a Toyota or go out and find a, a, a Ford or anything like that. What they said was create a retirement attraction program. And that attra- retirement attraction program is still active today. Uh, we're attracting retirees very well. You're a certified retirement community. That's right. We're a certified retirement community, and uh, we still work very, very hard at it every day of the week. But the, what we discovered was what brings retirees to a place like Oxford, Mississippi, is, by, is creating the, the ambiance, creating the things that people like to, to have there, the amenities, the, the quality of life, all those kind of little things that economic developers don't really do, that they just sort of say, okay, we're, that, that's all nice, that's all good, somebody else will handle that, we're going to go out and handle the big stuff. Well, Oxford's been doing that pretty well ever since, and what we're discovering is that we're having uh, the, the whales that we're looking for. Uh, are showing up. They're coming because they want to be there. And my discovery is that if you can't bring people to your community, you probably can't bring companies to to your community. So there's a a lot of other factors that go into that, but uh, Oxford is a great model. And uh, you can can certainly learn by what Oxford has done uh, of how to develop an economy using the tropical fish or the people-based economic development. So looking at it, you know, in your mind, traditional or Economic development has turned into corporate recruitment. You know, everybody wants the whale, as you call it, the Yokohama, the Continental Tire, uh, the Pat Car, uh, all of those big projects because they get all the headlines. How much pressure do you find in your community from a board that you might answer to or elected officials or the people in your community who want to land one of those high-profile headline-grabbing <laughs> You know, projects. Yeah, the sort of thing that uh, that makes politicians and, and newspapers very happy. Yes. Well, uh, to be honest with you, um, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of people who want those sort of things that are you know the, the next headline, that sort of a thing. But as a as a whole, uh, the community has really embraced the idea of let's create a community that we like to to live in, that we want to have, and. We also understand that we've got, a, you know, Winchester manufactures most of their, their ammunition uh, here in Mississippi. They employ almost 1,600 people. That started off as a tropical fish. It started off as a 150-job manufacturer replacing a manufacturer that used to employ 350. That was phase one, and those things can come in there and take hold. They came there because they liked where Oxford was. They liked what it was, and they've grown from that. We've got a number of technology companies that have done the very same thing. They've grown from the inside out. Now they've got 350 employees. They're worth half a billion dollars. You know, these things happen. To answer your question, yes, they uh, there are lots of stakeholders out there who want us to land the big projects. But there is also the role that I play as an economic developer in Oxford, Mississippi, which people think must be the easiest job in the world uh, because business sort of just happens there. But the reality is, is I've got to grow that town without screwing up that town. It's got a culture. It's got an ambiance. It's got things that people there who have been there for many generations still want to have. And if I continue to grow Oxford on somebody else's model, uh, then I'm growing it from the outside in rather than from the inside out. And I will be fundamentally changing my community into something that people there really don't want to have. Moving that focus away 
to your tropical fish model. Is that a long process that other communities can replicate? I mean, it seems like it would take a long time to change that mindset away from the whale. Well, that's just it. The uh, Keep in mind, I'm a heretic in the economic development world. Uh, my, my role, you know, I, I'm in Oxford, you know, love it or hate it. You know, you hate the rebels, you love the rebels, whatever it is. Uh, I really, I came here from Louisiana and, uh, you know, let's just hate Louisiana instead of hating Ole Miss or, or Oxford. But the reality is that what I'm talking about with the, the things that Oxford has done is in fact replicatable anywhere. It's not something where I'm, I think everybody should be like Oxford. What I think is, is that the economic development profession needs to change. Economic development as we, as we know it needs to change. And there I become the, the heretic of, uh, of the economic development industry. And the idea behind that is that we measure ourselves incorrectly as economic developers. Most of us are not measuring our economy and how we say our success has been. We're measuring ourselves by the deals that we've made. We're measuring ourselves by the headlines and the stories and the things that, that are, are happening out there. Many times that is like describing your checking account but only talking about your deposits. And that's, you know, it, it's, it really isn't, that, that's a bad metaphor, but it's, it's close. So what I'm talking about with Oxford and with this tropical fish thing is something that is replicatable by any community in the state of Mississippi. I was very moved by a group that I met in the Delta who openly said, we are two cities, two small communities in the, in the Delta. We're not waiting around for the next big thing to happen. We have a closed bean plant. that will never be a bean processing plant again. We know that. But what we do have is we've got a lot of backyards. We've got a lot of people who need extra income. And if we can get these people to grow corn and black-eyed peas and okra and tomatoes and things that are culturally known as soul food in the Delta, and if we have somebody that can show them what to plant, how to plant it, when to plant it, and then have an entrepreneur come in and pull, take that uh, those products to market and have some income for these folks, we can drastically change who we are and what we think of ourselves. And that's going to change the economy 100% in our little area. And those are the sort of things that anybody can do. You be, you've got to, to begin to embrace the things that can make a difference in your economy, not just the deals that you can make. People look at Oxford and they say, you've got all the advantages. Uh, you have the great cultural and literary history to play on. It's a great selling point, home of William Faulkner. You have the University of Mississippi, Ole Miss, also another great academic institution, research institution. And they're saying you've got all these things right there. Your uh, small businesses are thriving. Do they feel that they're at a disadvantage when they don't have some of the assets that you inherited? Well, uh, let's let's talk about that for, for a minute. Traditional economic development says that you've got to have be on, a, on, a, on an interstate or you've got to be on a port or you have to have a certain large tract of land and you, and you have to have all these basics for real economic development to take hold. Oxford's thriving simply because we decided that we didn't, we didn't have all that to begin with. We still are not on an interstate. We're still 25 miles from to the closest interstate. We have a culture there that really cares about its community. They, they truly give a damn. And that is a fundamental portion of what needs to go into what we're doing. Yes, we've got a great university. Yes, we've got a thriving town. We've got a thriving economy. That didn't start today. You know, we have a a business there that sold for half a billion dollars in 2016. That business, people called it an overnight success. Well, it only took them 15 years to get there. So, you know, that overnight success doesn't actually happen. You, you, You don't see how you grow from the inside out. You don't see incremental growth. The traditional model of economic development says that uh, you're going for the, the, the big deals. You're going for the wins. And the 
the influencers uh, in economic development, which would be your state agencies, your 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 utilities, and the, the bigger players, regional players in economic development, will tell the smaller economic developers, you need to do community development so that you can get to the point where you can do economic development. And I'm here to say that it's the other way around. You've got to be able to do community development so you can get yourself a better economy, period. End it there. You don't necessarily have to go for the big things. When you're ready for the big things, the big things will come to you. Because if you've done everything right, you can attract human beings to your area, and other things will start to follow all by themselves. And one of the key points you mentioned was attracting human beings, attracting people to your area. Because then that provides, you've got people who are invested in the community, they have chosen to live there, they are part of your workforce, uh, everything. And also, you had mentioned supporting local businesses and Oxford is a very successful community in doing just that. I mean, local is key there. Local is king. Yeah. Yeah. So All, restaurants? R- restaurants, uh, our, our technology companies, uh, in, any of our local shops, they tend to thrive much better than the chains and, and others. And the best part about that is it's relatively inexpensive. Uh, you know, when you want to give somebody an incentive to remain in your community, to do business in your community. There's no better incentive than walking in the door, looking somebody in the eye, handing them money for whatever good or service they're going to provide you. And that really works. Um, handing tax dollars to somebody that you don't really know and that sort of a thing, that's good, but it only lasts so long. Per- people's pride is what really takes the, uh, is, is the real incentive that makes things actually happen for you. To make this successful, who are the critical partners that you need buy-in for and you need to have a seat at your table for this model? All right. So there's, there's actually a lot of, uh, of, of things to consider when you're talking about this sort of model. Uh, number one, you've got to shift your entire mindset to recruiting human beings, recruiting people to your community. People-based economic development is what you, what you really are wanting to shift to do. Once you can shift that mindset, all of a sudden things start to happen. The people that, you, that are at the table, uh, if you, you can get them to buy into that sort of a concept, the people start coming to the table, uh, the leaders of the community, the, both the, the elected officials as well as the business leaders of the community, when they realize that the um, tide has changed and you're not there to try to bring somebody in that may compete with them or somebody in that's, you know, uh, doing something that uh, is different from what has happened in the community, they'll start to show up, and those people will be at the table. Uh, so you absolutely have to have that beginning mindset and start talking about it, selling it, uh, marketing it to your, your 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 leaders in the community, just like anything else you'd have to do in, in econ- economic development. But you've got to have the business leaders, the people that have done this, that have really created something. You know, our job is in economic development, and when uh, Alan Kerr and I work on this, we focus very heavily on growing from the inside out. We want entrepreneurs in our community. We want people, and we've had a lot of success with entrepreneurs. And that's something I think that uh, gets a lot of lip service in economic development, but the real work at it doesn't come from the economic developer. The economic developer provides the table, the business leaders, the entrepreneurs themselves, the people who have been there and done that and put their money and their reputation and their credit score on the line to make their business grow, they're the ones that are actually going to lead that charge. All you've got to do is provide them the things to do, uh, the reason to be there, the environment for them to thrive, and then encourage people to support them, and those people will show up. So first thing, you have to have those, those business leaders. Oh, I, I was waiting for more people at our table. Well, all right, all right. We, we, we can go there. Uh, more people at the table. Uh, you have to have buy-in from your, your stakeholders, from the political stakeholders. 
as we said before, you know, a lot of politicians really want to see that big whale land. If, if we haven't made a, a big sale in, in, in my administration, then, you know, it's probably you're not going to have your job very long. Well, you've got to have politicians. You've got to have elected leaders uh, who understand what you're actually going after. The only way you can do that is to prove that, look, what we're doing here uh, has made the economy change, not just made a deal. Uh, and I can prove with my numbers that we've got some of the most successful deal makers in the entire world right here in Mississippi. But I can also prove that the local economies around some of those greatest deal makers is not very strong. And, you know, at the state of Mississippi, we lost 90,000 manufacturing jobs in a 16-year time frame. And uh, we have to really start focusing on the things that do work and produce a new economy. We've got the entire delta out there uh, that is struggling to, to find a, a meaning, trying to find their economy, trying to find a lot of things. We've spent some time over in Clarksdale, and there's folks over there doing some amazing things to make the Delta work that people are not recognizing. You talked about a coffee shop over there in the Delta and Clarksdale. It's a, it's a great case study in teaching life skills, work skills, soft skills. Tell me a little bit about your experience with them. Oh, only a one-day experience with them. Uh, it's a great story. And, you know, keep in mind, I have gone to the Delta a few times and just looked around to see what, what people are doing. And what they're doing is exactly the same thing that we did in Oxford 30 years ago. They're looking at the inside and figuring out how do we grow from what we've got. And entrepreneurial skills are built on survival skills. And so this is a very entrepreneurial mindset. So this coffee shop in, in Clarksdale, and uh, the, the name escapes me right now, but uh, went over there a couple of weeks ago, and it is a coffee shop that was put together initially by a grant. I'm sure I'm going to get these things wrong, but I'll tell you the gist of it. Put together by a grant attached to their arts council. And the idea was that there were a lot of kids uh, in Clarksdale who wanted to have jobs but didn't know how to get a job, didn't have come from a family who had jobs. They had everything that every economic developer out there knows. The soft skills were, were weak. Uh, the opportunities were weak. What do we do? We don't know how to do this. Let's create a, some sort of a program for them. What they did was say, well, we're not going to get a real big program. Let's just do this. Let's open a coffee shop, teach these kids to roast coffee beans and to sell coffee and to work with each other. And these kids started understanding. There were kids that were having problems with each other, having problems with being told what to do. But at the end of the day, they knew they wanted to be there, and they, they came back. And somebody didn't just say, okay, you did wrong, you're fired. What they said was, you did wrong, let me show you how to do it right. And they came back, and they're doing it right. They are teaching these kids the soft skills and giving them the, the, the launching pad to go to the next plateau, wherever they want to, to be to get a job, or better yet, how to be an entrepreneur, how to open up your own business. And some of these kids are doing just that. So the bottom-up approach has been wildly successful in Oxford and can serve, obviously, as a model for other communities we're talking about. You've seen some small examples in the Delta. From your experience, what actions could some of these communities or people who are listening to this podcast take right now to begin this process? Well, it's... It, <laughs> It's incredibly complicated. Uh, it, nothing is easy. There's no panacea. There's nothing that's going to say, I'm going to wave my magic, magic wand and it'll, it'll work. But I've broken it down into four basic things that if any economic developer can embrace, any economic developer, community developer, mayor, whatever you want to be, can embrace these four things and get it to, to run rampant in their community, their community will see economic success. First thing is you've got to start recruiting people. You've got to make sure that people are the focus of, of what you're trying to do. Again, if you can't bring people there, you can't bring jobs there, you can't bring companies there. People just don't want to be there. It's just that simple. Number two, once you get those people there 
and they start opening up their own businesses, creating their own jobs, whatever it is they're going to be doing, you've got to have your entire populace there focused on making sure that those people get the support, get the, that eyeball-to-eyeball incentive to, to remain in business. And so you've got to make sure that the as you support these folks, that they will remain in business and, and move forward and grow. You'll be, they'll, they'll create new jobs. They're going to stay where they are. They have no incentive to go somewhere else. Number three, every community has real problems, real problems. Uh, you've got everything from you know, income disparity, uh, racism, you know, sexism, whatever else, whatever your problem is, you've got it. And I guarantee you other communities have it. Every community has it. The biggest thing is you've got to admit to yourself what your problems are. You've got to find the right people who will actually address those problems, not just complain about the problems, and go out there and deal with your problems. You don't necessarily have to fix your problems, but you have to deal with your problems. Then the fourth thing, fourth thing is, is, as I travel around all through the Southeast, in, in, everywhere I've ever been, you know where you are and you know if people give a damn. When you look around and you see things that are unkempt yards, unkempt businesses, uh, you know, crime or anything, you, you know when people don't give a damn about where they live and they don't give a damn about what they do anymore. That's probably the hardest thing to fix, but it's the most basic thing that can be fixed. You begin giving a damn about your own property, your own office, your own business, your own house, whatever, and it'll start to be contagious. People will start to pick up on that, and your neighbors neighbors will start to clean up their respective spaces. You give a damn about your schools. You give a damn about your uh, the, the way your community looks. Uh, you know, Oxford is probably one of the more difficult places to do business in the state of Mississippi because we have high design standards. We have a tree board. Why would an economic developer be a fan of the damn tree board? But I am because it's working, and it we didn't get there overnight. We got there gradually. But people now expect a beautiful environment and expect to keep it that way. Why? Because they give a damn. And so that give a damn factor is really the fourth thing out there that people absolutely have to do. And if we don't do that, none of those other three things are going to matter. Chief Heretic, (laughs) President and CEO of Oxford Lafayette County Economic Development Foundation, John Maynard. And I'm sure they're happy you give a damn. I do give a damn and love it. Thanks for joining us. Mississippi Prospects is brought to you by the Mississippi Economic Development Council, the Mississippi Development Authority, Cooperative Energy, Greater Jackson Alliance, Entergy, Mississippi Power, Tennessee Valley Authority, Watkins and Eager, Butler Snow, Jones Walker, and produced by Pottery Studios. If you have questions or comments, join us on Twitter at MEDC Info.